Hello, Bela. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, can we talk about your charity, Paperweights? How did it begin? Hi. Uh, good uh, morning. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> good evening. Um, okay, so Paperweights started about uh, 13 years ago. Um, I think that, um, you know, as one grows and as one walks through life, that you have a choice, really. You can walk through life with your eyes open. Um, or you can just walk through life and you see to your own story, to your own family, which actually in today's world is, is probably hard enough and difficult enough. Um, but sometimes um, if you walk through life with your eyes open, you can really see things that are happening around you and you can hear things that are happening around you. So you've got your eyes open, you've got your ears open and you can see um, you can see what's, what's around and what's not around. You can... Uh, I think, I say very often that I think we live in an amazing community where there are so many things available for, so many areas of help um, available for people at different times of need. So whether it's teenagers, um, whether it's a little later on in life, whether it's before marriage, after marriage, can't cope with your marriage, children, can't have them, um, can't cope with them, um, the elderly, various guises, um, counselling in all its guises. Um, but... I think that we felt that the one thing that was missing within the community was the area of practical help um, that wasn't really available for people um, in a time of crisis. Um, I, think our, I think it's probably fair to say that our concentration initially was for those who had lost a spouse or a partner uh, through death um, and what was going to happen following that. So if the one that was no longer around was the one who was responsible for all the um, what we call the domestic, the domestic administration, the bureaucracy, everything that comes together with opening a brown envelope, then um, who was there to help you? Um, so you were there to help people uh, when they had a partner that was deceased? They, yes. You were there to help them through finan financial we're, troubles? We're there to help them through all the bureaucracy that they're left to deal with, so the letters will still keep coming, they'll get so up and shiver. Was it generally just coming. admin or just actually helping them with the finances? No, it's, it's, it, no, we don't distribute finances. To be honest, we need finances ourselves, but it's, it's holding their hand and literally walking with oh, them. Showing them a way how to do it. Showing them, them a way how to do it. Yeah. So one of the things that I say also is that... Um, when you're bereaved, um, you go through a bereavement process. Everyone does, some to a greater, some to a lesser extent. Um, and but but I think what people don't realise is that actually going through the whole bereavement process is a luxury. Um, you don't realise it, but uh, you can't come to the end of the grieving process if you haven't actually been allowed to to begin it. Um, and one of the reasons why you might not be able to begin it is because all of the worries are resting on your shoulders. So if you think of your mind like um, a bit of a Rubik's Cube where you take out the pieces that are necessary for that moment, um, you can't actually move those pieces around because it's come to a dead standstill. You, you, the letters are coming, you're really worried. Um, you know, I could name hundreds of things that, that people worry about at that point. And people sometimes say to me, well, you know, 2022, it's, it's easier to live, it's easier times, it's, you know, it's not so difficult for people. So um, all the people that work with me in Paperweight have heard me say many times that they're right. Um, it's easier only because we've got indoor toilets. But apart from that, it's really not easy at all. And there's a lot of bureaucracy to, to get through. So if we can help people and hold their hand and literally walk through this journey with them, we can lift that weight off their shoulders. So you started it 12 years ago to help, you, mm -hmm. to help um, yeah. partners of the Did you, was it you solely or you? It was uh, together with um, a friend of mine, Benjamin Conway, who's our chair and my husband, Alan, 
Yeah. So um, you just through just saw the problem and you just decided. We just to... saw we we had friends who we were helping in this capacity, um, and we felt that and and these were super intelligent friends, um, and but but it doesn't matter because when you're in shock when something's happened, it arrests your ability to think straight. And if somebody can come in and just guide mm. you through that time, um, it's it, you, you turn somebody's life around. You actually yeah. hand them the life back. In my, in my book, if somebody goes out of their house um, and they can walk straight and their shoulders straight and somebody asks how they are that day and you can say that you're fine, wow, you know, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so between all of us, between the three of us, we... Because like you said, when you walk around, that's the example you give uh, before, which I already learned, when you, you can walk around with the eyes open or you... Mm-hmm. But if you walk around with the eyes open, there's so many other things to solve. Whether it's just finance, or how can specifically finances through with people? Does it was any particular issue that arose that you decided to do it's, this? It, it's all the practical things. It's not just finance. It's it, it's all the practical things that that go together with that. So you might have you might be left with um, um, well these things sound obvious when I when I say it now, but it's not so obvious when when you're in that position. So you might have say you have somebody whose spouse or partner has been ill for for many years, and people will think that. Well, in that time you've made the handover or in that time you've had the discussion. Yeah. But having that discussion can be hugely painful and it means that you have to um, really realise that you know your loved one is not going to make it. Yeah. And so you're going to have that, that conversation tomorrow, but of course tomorrow never comes because you're, going, you're chasing doctors, you have medical appointments, and because it's just not comfortable. So you, know, you might have somebody in a position who doesn't have anybody, um, who doesn't have any family, doesn't have any friends, and is... Um, in a position where you might think, well, so-and-so is going to need help because they don't have anyone else. But the person who does seem to be surrounded by family and friends may not be surrounded by family and friends who can help them at that time. So for for 100 reasons, because the family is grieving, the friends don't actually realise what help's needed. So they're they're left alone. So it's not not just solely with finances. It's... um, Finances lead on to everything else. Finances yeah. do lead on to, to to other things as well. You know, even sort of simple things we've come across many times, such as a, a car parked in the drive that's no longer needed. So mm. we've had elderly people who continue um, long since, even after they've driven themselves because they, they've had to give up because they're elderly, they'll continue paying the insurance and the road tax because the whole process of cancelling that is not easy. You've got to dial one for this, you've got to speak to somebody, you never actually get to speak to anyone, it's all automated and if you're hard of hearing and you know, yeah. you're know you a little bit slower than you used to be, you actually can't deal with those things. Um, nobody comes to tell you um, when there's only one of you left at home that actually you're eligible for reduction in council tax, for example. You know, Mr. Council Tax Man doesn't come knocking on the door and say, sorry to hear of your loss, did you know that? No one's going to come and tell you that. So, yeah, all these things are finance-related, but um, uh, let, let me give you another example, such as um, computer passwords. You know, when, when you're young, it's, it, it seems to be quite obvious that you share your passwords or you keep them in a certain way or you, you tell people about them just in case. I don't know my passwords. Often, <laughs> often, yeah, often does, people yeah. don't. So, so your your trial number one is yeah. is, is how to get that information. Yeah. Um, you know, which which in and of itself can be. Um, so all these issues, and which obviously led through to finances. So you started this with a group of friends and your husband. I started this with 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 two or three people who I know who we understood the issues. And then we understood what, so what's how needed. did it develop into? 
What's um, else now? We started with um, a handful of, uh, we call them caseworkers, are the people, or well, we, we were doing the caseworking at the time ourselves as well. Um, also, like minded people were recruited. We thought we need a certain amount of people um, in order to be able mm. to start um, yeah. the organisations. I think there was about half a dozen of us at the time. Um, we we got together like like minded people. We feel could work together. We could we could start because I think the, the thinking was, I think I know the thinking was that if if the people we knew needed such help, then there were others that needed such help too. Um, so as I say, we got together and we we thought that we would start. Um, and initially, we did the caseworking as well, which is going out to actually see the clients um, in their homes and really getting to grips with who they are and the kind of help they needed. Um, and then from then it, it grew. So in our first year, um, I think we saw about six or seven clients. And now we probably get that a day, um, calling our office for help. And was it often six or with, seven every day? Yes, often with multiple issues between Do you four, accept five, them all? Six, if it's areas of help mm. that we can, that uh, we so can give. Continues so to, and each one, I presume, isn't just a one-time thing. It's, uh, so it, it's very variable. Um, we have expanded a lot since those early days. So, as, you know, it was like, it was almost immediately, we, so as I say, we started off helping those newly bereaved of a, of a partner or a spouse. Um, but then very quickly it was like, can you help us? We're not so newly bereaved. Or what about us? We're alone because we're, we're, we're going through divorce. So we have a whole family law centre now, uh, which is set up to seriously handhold people through the whole divorce process. We've seen, uh, sadly, that has um, really... Um, grown uh, within well, the organisation because the divorce rate is is really sky high and a lot of that is to do with um, the follow up from COVID and now of course the whole financial situation that's out there and it's really causing people to be super stressed and that stress um, sadly often leads to family breakdown so we although in paperweight we, we help men and women both and we have um, I think it's probably at the moment two-thirds to a third female to male. But our family law clinic is mainly the female. We can literally handhold them through the whole process. How many process. people, like you said, you love them? Isn't just some of those one time, some of those constant. How, how many so, kinds of people do you, are you helping right now? So right now we have open cases. I, I believe it's about 440 open uh, cases right now. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. And that's across the spectrum. So family law, finances, debt. Um, it could be anything to do with banks, building societies, advocacy. So it's welfare grown benefits, way more than just, welfare just benefits, uh, benefits. Yeah, yeah, massive, massive. Yeah, so and it's any also finance help with any it's anybody problem. who's in a, a crisis situation, and even that is sort of very loosely, um, very loosely described. It, it, it's a bit like um, Citizens Advice Bureau. Yeah. Um, a little bit like that. So um, it, could, it could be anything to with do a heart. With, yeah. Oh, with wow. a heart. So it could be anything that people people will um, encounter a situation. Um, we talk when, when we talk about bereavement, people naturally think of it in terms of a death. Um, but you can be bereaved in many different ways. Yeah. Um, in a way that something has happened to you that has arrested your ability to think straight. So, it, you know, death is the obvious one, but it could be, you know, uh, a diagnosis, mm. mental health diagnosis, physical health diagnosis of yourself, of somebody close to you, um, a loss of a job, um, a loss of income, a loss of your business. Um, we're seeing now um, that paperweight, a whole new... Um, area of help that's needed for um, the once successful businessman who really thought that his life was mapped out mm. and he could see his way ahead for the next 10 years, 20 years and now the rug has been pulled out from under his feet because 
everything has changed out there. So it's a you know it's the, the it's a it's a high income earners that are suddenly are suddenly in trouble, and believe me that's that is akin to a bereavement. So we can get them calling for help because oh, so you've and, and have it's very high income earners calling you. Yeah, because yeah. they're no longer as high income as they as as they were, mm. and that's caused you know it's like um, a domino effect, and everything starts falling. You know you've got your mortgage to think about. Um, you still got your bills to pay, uh, and everything else is going on around you. What can be done? How can they be helped, um, etc. So all of these is causing the number of cases that we're client cases that we're receiving in the office to really, really rise. And whereas people would come with one um, one area of help that they need, they're now coming with several. So you might find that somebody is coming. Let's say, for example, they're coming because their marriage is breaking down, um, and they want to know what does this mean for them. Um, and what's this process going to be like? And can we help them through it? Mm. Which we can. Um, but then in in helping them, um, so as I say, they go to the family law clinic. So that's led by um, a retired judge and solicitor who who head up that department. They um, and 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 we have other uh, solicitors and those who are very knowledgeable in family law area. But it will it might come up that um, there also is an er- some element of debt. Um, so we'll need a caseworker who's knowledgeable with the debt area. It may be, uh, it may become evident that they're eligible for welfare and benefits. So we need another caseworker to come in um, on the welfare and benefit arena. So you've already how got many, three caseworkers. staff do you have? So with all of that, um, we have one uh, full-time mm. member of staff. We have about six um, part-time members of staff. And all our caseworkers are about... 180, 200 oh, caseworkers wow, okay. yeah. um, who are volunteers. Well, so is it a charity then? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so yes, it's all free. Everything yeah. is free. All the so how do you fund that then? With difficulty. How, how <laughs> with difficulty. Any really? out, any, anyone out there listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, how much does so it cost every year? Every year, it's it's uh, at the moment about three three hundred and fifty thousand to, well, what to does run. It mean? What's it majorly go to? Because of so yes. people think that because we're manned mainly by volunteers that we don't need very much. In actual facts, in comparison to other charities who are now raising million plus. It's actually still very little, and in terms of the numbers of clients that we're helping, it's actually minuscule. Um, but what, what we still need to for? run. So the costs are for everything. We need insurance. Um, insurance. We, we need insurance, yeah. um, which is quite hefty. Um, we have premises that we rent. Oh, okay. So, uh, we've uh, got no, the salaries. Okay. So we've it's not actually what the, the, it's not actually for the people, but it's no, what exactly. the people need. Yeah. So it's like areas of even presents and all, everything to give to volunteers. As presents, well. or even to give to presents volunteers, or even the premises for volunteers to use, or just everything oh, that goes well, inside. Well, we, we have an o- we, we're yeah. based in an office in Hendon, yeah. Um, so we have to have somewhere that w- that we're based. Um, we have offices where clients can be met. Um, there's all sorts of meetings take place all the time. Uh, yeah. You know, for anything and everything, we have a, a HR department within. Um, Paperweight is designed to take to take the weight off people's shoulders, but as an organisation. Um, I mean, people say to me all the time, um, are, are we surprised by the amount of, um, by the number of clients that we have and the amount of help that people need? And the answer to that is absolutely not, not surprised at all. Um, but running an organisation is, is, is huge and we have policies and procedures that are, are too numerous to mention. All of that has got to be, um, has got to be maintained. Yeah. Um, we need oversight of all these cases. And I was just telling you about the case of the lady who, who's come to our family law department so if we have three caseworkers well working on a multidisciplinary client case that needs huge oversight 
Um, everything's got to be worked. We've got a database. Um, nowadays, you can't just work off a little notebook. Um, we've got a database that needs maintaining. We've got an IT. We've got an IT department. We've got. Um, we've got to make sure that everything that is done within Paperway is run um, so that we can be accountable at, at any one time. We our caseworkers have to do quite a lot of reporting for everything that's gone on, yeah. so that we can follow stories. So that if it, you know, if any any time we've got to look at what's been happening for us, any reason, we can see at a glance from all the reports that yeah. have been submitted. Um, that is that that's huge. I, I, you you wouldn't understand because you ha you haven't had to do it, but my whole day is taken up with that. Do you do fundraisers then? We do we do some fundraising. It's it's not so easy for us because um, it's not a charity that children can necessarily understand, so they won't go poem spieling for us as such. Um, it's not a kind of it's not one that always. Um, sort of as appealing as some charities or, or easily or easy to fundraise for. Um, our, our biggest um, fundraising was a crowdfund that we did two years ago and we are looking to do another one in March, please God, um, which we hope will work. Um, but it's also it's quite challenging because I don't know if you know about the crowdfunding and how it works, you need page holders. Do you know how? Do you know how it mm, works? Nothing a bit. You need page holders who will send messages to their friends. Yeah, to we, did, oh, yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah, we did a podcast with yeah. UTB. Ah, oh, right. From charity yeah. Then, uh, then, charity then, then charity extras who we do it through. Yeah, yeah. Um, did he explain all that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you if you if you're doing it for a school, you've got parent body, you've got grandparent yeah, so body. Yeah. If you're doing it for, um, I don't know, a children's charity, you've got the parents, mm. you've got you've got the friends of, you've got the the, yeah. the, the relatives of. Cancer charity is the same thing, but with with our clients. Um, our clients are very private. Um, so they're, they're not usually, going to fundraise for you. They're, they're not going to do any fundraising for us because they can't, because they mm -hmm. don't want anyone to know. In one of, one of the good things about 2022 is that you now have permission, if you like, in inverted commas, but we now have permission to talk about things that people never um, were not comfortable to speak about yeah. not that long ago. So... Um, cancer, you know, we can actually mm -hmm. say the word cancer in, in not that long ago. It was sort of that uh, unmen right. unmentionable that, yeah. illness. Um, mental health, it's fantastic. Mm. We can talk about mental health. Uh, it, it just seems, yeah, it seems to me, like people, it seems a lot like Jewish uh, uh, the helpline in Manchester, which I'm sure you know quite well, that they also say people, I don't think they're the people they help or fundraise yes, about it. Yes, because it's very, very confidential. So it seems it's like a lot of it is a lot That's yeah. similar, it's, it's exactly, it's very confidential. With fundraising, and the, thing yeah. in, the thing in England is that, um, so all of these things and abuse and all of that, we actually deal with clients who are going through all of those things, but we're not associated with it necessarily as such. Um, but we do, we help them all practically because we get um, referred from all of those yeah. um, agencies, all of those charities that work with those that genre of people, we get um, referred um, but the last taboo, if you like, in the UK, in England is debt and finances and not being able to deal with bureaucracy. It's still seen a shameful thing and people do not like to discuss it. It's very private, not even with their family, not even with their children or their parents. So, so it, and, and because what we do is very confidential, obviously, um, no one knows that they've been helped by us, which is, which is amazing because that is... That What's I, I aiming for? Help. Pardon? That's what you're aiming for. That's what we're aiming for, but it doesn't help with our fundraising. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that what? coming around to why you first asked me that was a bit what? of a long-winded answer. Is there any specific stories that happened that's just mind-blowing that, that have happened within uh, people? Yeah. There are so many. Um, there are so many. Um, but I think maybe I'd like to highlight two. And one is... Be 
and they're both mind-blowing in, in their own ways, um, although one won't seem to be. But if you understand how the first one I'm going to tell you about is how much it changes somebody's life around, um, it is actually quite awesome. So um, a little while ago, we've got, we've got so many stories, it's, it's like uh, I'm trying to pick um, which, ones, which ones to tell you about. Um, but I think I'm going to start by telling you about um, a lady in her 30s who, to us, um, had a simple problem, but to her, obviously, it's not simple. Um, she was trying to live her life independently um, and was managing it up to an extent, um, except she sort of became aware that um, she was losing control of her finances. So she had a, a job. She wasn't particularly happy about her job, um, but she didn't have the headspace to... Um, look to change it because she was starting to worry um, that her, her her money wasn't reaching, reaching the end of the month. So she had some mental health challenges um, which was sort of getting in the way at this point um, but in normal circumstances when she was in more in control of her life everything was, was much more manageable but sometimes things start to cave in and then sort of all your uh, you know, sort of everything's it's a bit like an avalanche starts. So you would say, well, you know, where's her family? Uh, you know, what, could they not help her? Could they not support her? So she has a mum, and that's exactly what was happening. She turned to her mum for help, and her mum was a good mum, and she was trying to help her. Um, but in families, relationships can get in the way, as any parent who's tried to teach a child to drive <laughs> um, can attest to. It, it's not easy. Or even when you're trying to give your child an extra lesson in normal circumstances, whatever it is, or you're trying to teach them something or help them with their homework, or, or helping with anything, you know, on famille. Um, there Presume are especially something with regards to money, which is a very yes, touchy subject. You've, you've hit the nail on the head. So, you know, it, it can be really... Um, it's very sensitive. The mum was trying to help her, very well-meaning, um, but the daughter wasn't um, understanding it as quickly as the mum would have liked. Yeah. So the mum's getting a bit frustrated, and as the more frustrated the mum got, the more the daughter was sort of withdrawing. And so this was clearly not working. She wasn't getting the hang of it. And so what you've got here is you've got a situation which is just exacerbating. You've got the daughter who, who is feeling worse now about her whole situation. The mother who is feeling frustrated and starting to blame herself and... The whole, their whole relationship is breaking down at a time when the daughter she really needed her mum. Yeah, she, when she needs it most. When she needs it most, exactly. So somebody um, told her about paperweights, and thankfully she called us. So our caseworker was able to go in, completely altruistically, sit down with her, and have a look at everything that she was spending for that month, and look to see where she can make cutbacks. And all this has to be done very sensitively, because there are things that people feel they absolutely can't give up for lots of reasons. Um, you know, we had somebody in a similar situation that we, where we were looking at the budget and what might, and, and things were very tight, um, and they had a subscription to a magazine. So at the time, our caseworker said, um, quite rightly, that this should be one of the first things that could be cut back on. But we've learnt a lot from that situation, the fact that you've got to be really sensitive to these things, and the reason why she still had this prescription, going, this wasn't this client, I'm just digressing a little bit, um, just to say how... Um, you know, these things seem very easy, but they're not. Um, but this subscription had been set up for her by her father um, as a present um, for her birthday one year, but her father had sadly um, died. And she, this, this client had felt that by cancelling the subscription, it was kind of, um, it's almost like cancelling out her dad twice. Yeah. And so she was hanging on to this... There's an emotional Yes, attachment. an emotional 
attachment, exactly, thank you, an emotional attachment. So by keeping this on, even though she couldn't afford it, she was keeping this attachment to her father. So it had to. Be, we, we learned so much just from that one incident and how how sensitive you've got to be to this. So to come back to come back to my to my lady. So going through all her budget in a, in a sensitive way as possible, and seeing where she, you know where she can make cutbacks, how we can how we can make things right for her. And over a time, that's exactly what we did. Um, and in doing so, she she was able to manage. I'm not saying that you know she had tons left at the end of the month, but she was certainly able to pay her bills. And the differences that this made to her life was that she was able to regain her independence. Um, she was able to regain the relationship with her mother. Um, and she was also given the headspace to think about changing her job. Uh, so she could move on. So this was something that we could do, you know, which most of my caseworkers would be able to do. Yeah. Um, because my caseworkers are specialised in lots of different areas. Um, lo- lots of different areas of, of um, professional business-related matters, whatever it happens to be. But for us, this was quite simple. But for her, this was revolutionary. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if most cases that come to you have something like this, where they, where if the money is solved and they'll have a relationship that they're able to put back together. I don't think it'll be, it's only this one. I think it's probably most of them. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. So, yeah, it it just teaches that sometimes things that seem obvious, yeah. Um, you know, are, are not always, and, and people say, where's the family, whatever, but, yeah. you know, people well, say, so-and-so is going yeah. to be okay. Mm. There, there are so many things that, that happen, and yeah. because because life in 2022 is very concentrated and very demanding, even where it does seem there should be family, those family have also got their own trials and yeah. tribulations, so it's not so easy. And people say, well, you know, um, in the Hame, you know, the young ones used to look after the older ones, the older ones look after the young ones. We never had these issues. But the thing is, in the Hame, the older ones were in their 60s. Nowadays, you can be mm. lo- looking after an elderly person, um, as between my husband and myself, we look after several people in their 90s, several members of our family. Um, one can be elderly for a very long time. So also, you know, it has challenges. So you're looking after elderly, you're looking after children, you're looking after grandchildren, and the sandwich generation takes on yeah. a whole new meaning. Well, what was the second example, uh, second story? So my second story is completely different. Um, a couple... <laughs> Uh, as I'm saying it, it, it will bring tears to my eyes because I I literally remember it like it was yesterday. Um, and it was just over a year ago, um, and I remember it very specifically because it was the Friday between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Um, I was working frantically as usual. Um, it was Friday, and it was getting near to Shabbos, and I hadn't done very much towards Shabbos as usual. Um, and uh, I thought, if I don't go off and get my shopping, we're not going to eat. So that's what I did, run out, got my shopping, came back. I was really busy, thought I'd just check my emails um, and get the chicken in the oven. Um, so I just did a quick check and I saw one that caught my eye. Um, I opened it up um, and I read it and um, I hope I never get an email like that ever again. Um, it was, um, it just hit me between the eyes and I had to read it several times um, in order to be able to take in um, what was written. Um, it was somebody who knew me, um, although since says he's, he's not even quite sure why he emailed me at the time, but he did, thankfully, um, to say that he and his wife um, had gotten into, through no fault of their own, they, they, they were going through some really difficult times, to say the least, that's an understatement. Um, they'd had work, they'd had a home, but it had all, it, it had all got taken away from them through a series of happenings um, 
the home was taken away, his work was taken away. Um, they had eaten through their savings. Um, and at the point when he was emailing me, they were living in their car. Um, they had been living um, a little bit in, in a couple of, um, oh, what do you call those hotels? You take them by the night, usually tra travel lodges. Um, some, of those are, some of those rooms are really cheap at, yeah, at, at like times. Yeah, £20, £30 yeah. Pounds a night. Um, so between that and living in their car, they can no longer afford the travel lodge either when they were, they've been living in their car for oh. some time. Um, we're not talking about, um, you know, 20-year-olds who had, you know, who'd been on drugs and drink or anything like that. I, I, I'm not judging anybody who'd been on drugs and drink, but I'm just saying it wasn't that kind of a situation. Um, they were 70. Um, the oh, couple wow. were around about 70. 70. Oh, wow. Um, they... Um, were down to their last £60. Wow. And they had both decided, quite definitely, that the next day, which was Shabbos, um, they had a suicide pact and they were going to end their life. Um, and the only reason for emailing me was they didn't want any help because they were too embarrassed. They, they never needed help in their life. They had gotten this mm -hmm. far. Um, they felt that it, uh, you know, as it says in the Torah, six... six uh, seven, what did it say, six score years and ten, um, that they'd reached, um, and that it was a, a fair enough age. Um, they didn't want to ask for any charity because it's not something that they would want to accept. And the only reason that they were telling me about um, their situation was because they had a few um, things that they owned from their home that they had in some kind of storage, and they wanted to put the keys through my letterbox so that we could retrieve the items and sell them for, for, char for our charity. So it was quite it was quite a moment. I, I literally had to read that email a few times, and I thought, okay, what am I going to do? Um, this, this, I can't let this happen. You know, I just couldn't let this happen. I tried to get hold of them. I couldn't get hold of them. They weren't answering their phone. I, I was completely desperate. Um, by this time, to be honest, it was almost Shabbos, um, and. Uh, my husband came, came home from work. My raw chicken's still sitting on the counter. <laughs> yeah, I actually reached the oven. Um, and um, I, I, I couldn't get hold of him. Um, I thought, I can't just leave it here. Um, it was almost time to, for me to light candles. I, I phoned up my, my, my rabbi and I said, look, this is the situation. What am I going to do? Um, can I, can I, I need to get hold of them. I haven't been able to reach them. I, I absolutely can't leave them. Um, is it okay for me to carry on phoning them? Am I allowed to phone them? And he, and he said, yes, absolutely. Um, so I got to think very quickly of what I could offer them when I was speaking, if I, if I would finally get through to them. So in the few minutes I had left, um, I got hold of my chair, Benji Conway, um, who was actually abroad in the time, at the time because it was yont of time. Yeah. Um, and um, I got hold of a couple more people who I thought between us um, could hatch up some, some kind of a plan. Um, one who might be able to help find somewhere for them to stay, and one who might be able to help with a bit of funding, and we would we would put the pull the, um, push the boat out, even though we don't normally um, fund because, as I say, we need funds ourselves. But with this kind of bit of package in mind, at yeah. least at least I had something to work on. I'm going to cut the very very long story short because otherwise the podcast will go on until tomorrow morning. Um, we did a lot of phoning over. Um, over Shabbos and it became a whole safeguarding thing and we didn't know should we call the police or we not we didn't want the police to disturb anything or make matters worse but then we had to um, but did you call the police in end? We, we have to because as part of an organisation we have to go through a whole safeguarding yeah. channels yeah. And, and we have to absolutely do that 
Um, but to be honest, I don't think the police were barely interested anyway. Mm. Um, I finally did manage to get through to him, um, which was a moment of pure and sheer joy. After how long? Um, it was several tr- several tries. We were we were trying to phone all evening, or I think it was the following. It, yeah, it was so, at some point during that evening, uh, I, we we got hold of them and I said, please, um, you know, I, I please, you know, let's talk. You know, let's have a chance to talk. But they weren't of a mind to talk. I can't remember the whole exact flow of events, um, but eventually I made them promise. Um, several phone calls when they put the phone down, and when we tried again, and eventually when they put the phone down. Again. They they had made their mind up. You don't understand. They had made their mind up. This was not going to be a negotiating situation. Yeah. Um, they did not want help. They were sure of that. They were very proud. Um, you know, people need help, but actually, phoning and asking for help is a huge step for people. It's not easy. Yeah. It's really, really not easy. So oftentimes, you know, when when we have training in paperweight on the on the helpline for the people that take the assessments, you know, make them understand that the person they're talking to. Um, it's a. We need to take stories from people. We need to. We need to to hear what's wrong in order to be able to allocate the right caseworker. It's not just a pin the tail on the donkey mm. thing. Um, but for them to understand mm. that the person who's calling us is very vulnerable, and is not happy about the fact that they're calling to ask for help. You know, this is not something that anyone likes to do. So you know, you have to be aware that they'd made up their minds to do this, and they weren't wanting me to phone and, and intervene here. That wasn't that wasn't part of the plan. That wasn't why they had they had you know tried to reach me. In the end, I made them promise um, not to do anything, just to give me a chance and to to ask if they would come and meet in my house after Shabbos and um, see if we could come up with a plan. Eventually, after lots of phone calls, um, when sometimes they picked up the phone, sometimes they didn't, lots of talking in between, eventually they 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 agreed um, that this is what um, that this is what they would do and they would come to my house after Shabbos. So. Shabbos was out and my, my little group of people came together in my house and we waited. Um, I hadn't been able to get hold of them again by phone, so I had no way of knowing if they were coming. Um, the doorbell rang and it was like, my goodness, I can't believe they've, they've come. I, to be honest, I wasn't even 100% sure that they were still alive. So the doorbell rang and they came. And there was never a more welcome sight than these two people that walked in through my door. Um, again, to cut a very long story short... Um, they, they still needed a lot of persuading, but we managed to come up with um, some funding to get them out, to get them out of their car. So you provided them funding. Mm-hmm. We 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 provided some funding together with um, another organisation and together with a couple of people that we had around my table, and my chair, um, mm-hmm. and my head of services, and one or two people from other organisations, um, WST, and one or two others, and my mm-hmm. and my head of services as well. Um, we managed to put together some money that would um, put them into some temporary accommodation so that they could feel better about themselves because you don't feel very good about yourself if you're living in your car. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we managed to do that so straight away. So you need to away. help a self-confidence self exactly. so It's not just the money, it's everything else. Exactly, it's about everything else. They needed to have a warm bath, they needed to yeah. have a bed, they needed, you know, they, needed, they needed to be cared for, they needed yeah. proper food. Um, so all of that, you know, we, we put all of that together. Um, and also, um, they could be eligible for benefits, but it's a, it's a, it's a, what's the word? Hassle. No, no, not the hassle. We do hassles very well. It's not the hassle. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> I'm out of fun, it, yes. <laughs> it's, um, I can't think of the word. 
you, you can't get onto the benefit ladder. Of, you can't get housing benefit unless you have an address. Oh, so they need oh. to get that. So first you need to have an address. Otherwise well, you can't so they've got rid the of the house process. already? Yes, their house was long gone. Oh, okay. So first we managed to put them into a temporary accommodation. That's not good enough for housing benefit. You can't get it if you're living in a hotel. We managed to find somebody who had a flat who was able to give them an address um, for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And once we could do that, we can get. We, once we had an address, we could start applying for welfare benefits and we could also start getting them on the list for social housing. Yeah. Um, so all of that could start, mm. um, which is which is we did this little group of people together. We did all of that, and within within a, f- a few weeks, um, we had set all of that up, um, and um, we we even managed to find a job. Um, so I'm happy to say that a year and a couple of months on, um, they are living, and they're well. And they've got their self-respect, mm. and um, it's just it's just the most wonderful miracle. It's just uh, you know it's it, it's it's amazing. Um, so thankfully, that kind of story doesn't come up every day. But one thing that we are finding is most definitely that due to the situation, due to the current economic climate, and certainly since COVID, um, I'd say in the first you know eight nine years of paperweight, we might have had one or two safeguarding um, situations in in that time. Um, but in the last Three years or so, they come. Sadly, they're coming in quite regularly. So it's we're living in difficult times. After hearing that story, yeah. I'm sure oh, I'm sure I'll put contact details in the, yeah. in the link or the description, so people can contact you if they want to if they want yeah, to get in touch. I mean, we're, we're not the Samaritans, but no. you know we yeah. we're here to help. We're here to help. Yeah. Here to I have help. a question: is oh. is this sort of job a rewarding job, or or not? Because it's the sort of thing where people are coming with you to you with tragedy but you're also helping them so do you feel rewarded at the end of the day completely absolutely i i i feel i feel rewarded i feel rewarded even when we've made the allocation um when somebody i feel rewarded when when somebody calls because we're here because they've known that we're here for them so they yeah. felt strong enough to make that call and they haven't had to wait another day with this whole weight of stuff on, on you know on their shoulders um, you know, and I feel rewarded that once they come to us for help, um, you know, or my assessment team, or my, or my, um, or the helpline, um, or my administrators are all volunteers. They're amazing. Um, I feel rewarded when I see them turn up in the office all the time. We work on a rotor shift system. They come in. They are amazing. The time they give, the energy they give, um, is, is, is awesome. And. And then when we make the allocation, and I know they've got a caseworker who's knowledgeable in that area. Yeah. So my caseworkers are um, all kinds, they come from all kinds of professions, so whether it's legal or accounting or business people who have lots of business sense or whether they're not any of those, but they're, they can do people. So not every client that comes to us needs a professional. They need people who are not afraid of the suit at the end of the line, somebody who can advocate for somebody. Um, and the volunteering roles within Paperweight are quite big. Um, they're quite huge, and they involve a lot of um, administra- administration as well. They've got to know how to put their reports on the on the um, on the database, etc. So it's it's like if you're driving somebody to hospital, you can drive them. You, I'm not I'm not underplaying that role because I hate driving. If somebody would drive me, I'd be very grateful. But and especially in London, there's, there's no parking spaces in hospitals, so people have to go in regularly. So you can you can give somebody a list lift. It's also awesome, but. Um, you don't have to come back and then log everything and and, and 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 make sure that there's flows and all of that. In paperweight, the volunteering roles are quite huge. Um, and so for the fact that um, we have people who remain volunteers with us 
um, and that we can extend this help to to all of those people. You know, every day is what it's what keeps us going. Well, yeah, I think that's a great. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really positive way to end. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks thank so much for coming on, yeah, Thank no, you. No, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah.